Guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 570 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are on the Ron and Don Radio Network live from the Lush Schwab Studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're just going to take, I think, an episode here, and we're going to talk about what everybody is talking about because what is happening right now is we look out in the Atlantic Ocean, uh, a lot of it is connected to Seattle, and specifically, uh, it is connected to an organization known as OceanGate right here in Everett, Washington. Of course, we're talking about the Titanic. We're talking about the fact that a submersible has disappeared. As we're recording this, this is a Thursday, about the time where it's predicted that the submersible known as the Titan out of Everett, Washington, they say designed or Boeing helped design it, the University of Washington helped design it. Uh, now the University of Washington and Boeing seem to be pushing back on that uh, and saying, well, maybe we didn't spend as much time as you think that we did. And maybe this was something uh, that was fabricated or made up. Let's take that and put that on the shelf and talk about how we got here in the first place. And here we are this morning hearing now that the, the Navy just found a debris field. And we don't know if that debris field is the lost Titan or when we saw MH370 disappear over a decade ago, there were lots of debris fields until finally, remember on the beach, they found that wing. Let me take you back to 1985 when they discovered the Titanic. The ship had been missing for 73 years. And one of the reasons why salvage companies and countries out there wanted to solve the mystery of the Titanic, because they wanted the artifacts from the Titanic. In fact, currently, there's still a very big safe. They were able to get another safe out, but a very big safe inside. It's one of the reasons why a lot of these companies have salvaged that wreck and want to continue to do so. And then that opened up the door to what? Yeah, to Titanic tourism. In fact, there was a couple down there that went down a number of years ago on a submersible, and they got married in the submersible on the bow of the ship. So, 1985. Robert Ballard, we hear that he's out looking for the Titanic. Did you know that he wasn't looking for the Titanic and that that, that was all a ruse back in 1985? I, I don't know the inner workings of it. I just know how how everyone was. It's such a, a an infamous story, and it's gone down in lore so famously that I know there was a, a huge press by a lot of different people yep. that, that had an interest in this wreck. Well, Robert Ballard, who found it back in 1985, was actually a lieutenant commander for 30 years in the United States Navy. And when it came to oceanography, there was no one smarter than he was. And this is what he was tasked to do. And this is what they were afraid of as we now entered the other side of the Cold War. There were two submarines, nuclear-powered submarines, 
that had gone down. And as a result of that, the United States government not only wanted to find those submarines, they were concerned, do we need to recover these submarines? And how much radiation is coming from these submarines? And how is it affecting the oceans? As a result of that, they sent out Robert Ballard. The fear was the Russians are going to follow us around and their submarines. And so what the United States Navy decided to do is go in front of television cameras prompted by the United States government and never even mention that Robert Ballard was looking for those two missing subs. They said, we're going to look for the Titanic. Hmm. Well, here's what happened. Robert Ballard ended up finding those subs, right? He found those subs. They did their research or began their research on those subs. And you can read about those subs online. So I'm not going to go. And those are amazing stories. But then he has 12 days left. And they look around and they say, you know what? We have the time. We have the equipment. Let's go find the Titanic. He ends up finding the Titanic in 1985 and says to himself and his crew, what we're not going to do is give anybody the coordinates of this wreck. Paul Allen said the same thing when he found the USS Indy, which was the 414th ship to go down, the last ship to go down in World War II. Paul Allen said, you know what? We found it, and we're not going to tell you where it's at because this is a gravesite. This is a memorial. We don't want it to get salvaged. We don't want this to turn into a tourist attraction. And that was Paul's stance on it before he died. Robert Ballard, he took the same stance. This is a memorial. This is a holy place. Yeah, 1,500 people lost their lives on that. Yeah. As a result of that, though, 140 scientists and tourists now have gone down there. And that really began to open up the door for Ocean Gate because it linked. And Robert Ballard said, I had nothing to do with this. But somehow the coordinates leaked. And as a result of that, they started to salvage and rape that ship, right? And then it began to open up the door for tourism. And that's where Stockton Rush, who was basically just a diver, who used to dive around here in the Puget Sound. And he said to himself, like my son did, when he was diving in the Puget Sound at age 11, Daddy, it sure is cold out here. And that's what Rush thought to himself. He said, you know, it sure is cold out here. It would be more interesting to go explore, for instance, the six gill sharks in the Puget Sound, which he did with Macklemore. It'd be more interesting to do if we weren't stuck in these wet and cold suits or these dry suits. So he started looking around for submersibles. He couldn't find a submersible that would work for what he wanted to do. And he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build my own. Fast forward today, that's exactly what he did. And we know by now that submersible is controlled with one button and also a controller, right? And this particular submersible had only been tested 50 times. As a result of that, they never went before a governing body that said, hey, you know what? This submersible is good to go. To 12,000 feet. Yeah. You're, you're good to go to 12,5. In fact, in, in fact um, Stockton Rush said, I think it's good to go to 13,1. Anyway, as a result of that, Stockton Rush now, and, 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 and I don't know what's going to happen with this debris field. By the time you listen to this, we have known what's ha- what has happened. I, I have to say, and Ron, I want to ask you, When you look at the Titanic or you look at the USS Indy, was Paul Allen right 
Is that a memorial? Should the, should the Titanic coordinates ever been given out? And as a result of that, should we be able to salvage that ship? And, and, and should a couple be able to go down there and pay enough money to get met? To me, it's like getting married in a graveyard. What are, you, what, are, what are your thoughts? And then I want to talk more about Stockton Rush. This is really interesting to me on, on a bunch of levels. First of all, I, I get the knee-jerk reaction to want to, to demonize uh, billionaires who uh, have these special privileges, like when when Jeff Bezos takes his brother up into space and then thanks all the Amazon Prime customers. I, I get the knee-jerk reaction <laughs> yeah. to go, screw those guys. Uh, there's a lot of people out here that are struggling to, to make rent. Yeah. Um, and so for this guy to be like, hey, I'm taking my son down there. I'm a billionaire. But... Um, at the same time, I also understand the urge for experiences. And you and I talk about this all the time. Like, like w- there comes a point in your life where you don't need any more, any more stuff, especially if you're a billionaire. You have the houses, you have the cars, you have the boats. Uh, you can take any vacation you want. You can buy any possession you want. What you don't have is experiences that are unique. So I get that drive of going, if I can afford it, I want unique experiences. And it ratchets up. So if you're me, a unique experience is like, I want to go, uh, I want to go to Thailand. I've never been there. So that, but if you're a billionaire, your unique experience is, I want to go to space or I want to go to the Titanic. So I understand that urge and I try to not be that critical about it. Uh, the other part of it that you, you brought up about salvaging and about, you know, what is the proper thing to do there. It's funny that we, we, I think we have recency bias in a lot of ways. And what I mean by that is if we think about a, a Greek ship where there was a gold and statues and artifacts on this ship and someone finds that and and i'm thinking of specific stories that i've read over the years of like hey shipwreck found off the coast of greece and it has you know ten thousand pounds of gold and artifacts we don't think of that as a memorial site we think of that as an antiquity thing where isn't that interesting and we're going to now pull up all this stuff and it's going to teach us history um but people died on that ship Probably lots of people died on that ship. And so why do we think of it differently than these vessels? Because of the recency. Because yeah. we can go, oh, the Titanic was just a little over 100 years ago. That's a great point. Yeah. And so in the USS Indy, less than 100 years ago. Yep. And so we think, oh, this is a fresh piece of history. And so therefore, it's more sacred than something that happened a 1,000 years ago. But you and I had visited places in France and in England that stuff happened a thousand years ago and it felt differently than when we went to the beaches of Normandy where stuff happened in World War II. And so why is that? You know, we were at a castle in London where thousands of people died and there were tons of wars and and things that happened. uh, And we felt like a tourist. You felt like, oh, this is really interesting. I'm going to talk to this guard and I'm going to read the little plaque. And no, that was super interesting. Then we go to Normandy and we go through those cemeteries and we were very solemn and we were very reflective and it hit us differently for a lot of different reasons. I think that happens that's good. To That's our great, mind great around point. these things. Yeah. So if there are things to be recovered that are recoverable, 
Um, I just think it should be done in a proper fashion. Like all of the harebrained things. There, there were theories like, hey, we could take liquid nitrogen down there and encase the Titanic in ice, and ice is floats in water, and so this thing will then float. Or we're going to go down and fill the entire hole with trillions of ping pong balls, and then the ping pong balls will be trapped in there, and they'll be buoyant, and that'll bring the boat. So there were like really dumb things that people wanted to do. But, but I think we need to tap the brakes a little bit on just out of hand condemning everyone that wants to have a unique experience, even though it is very risky and and it looks like this is not going to end the way that anyone thought it was going to end. Yeah. Let's talk more about it on the other side of it. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's Ron and Don here for Les Schwab. And guess what? It's the summer driving season. So that probably means that you want to take your boat somewhere. Yeah. Or maybe you want to take your travel trailer, your Jayco, the little pop-up, whatever it is. A lot of times when they're driving, we think of things on four wheels, but not the other thing on two, four, or eight wheels. And that could be your travel trailer or your boat trailer or your ATV trailer. Guess what? Les Rob has you covered this summer. Yeah, right, we Ron? told you about the free pre-trip safety check. Take your boat trailer in there. There's nothing worse than getting a flat or problem with, with the boat on the back. We had a boat fly off a trailer when I was a kid. It was a disaster. So go to Les Schwab right now. Set that up. You can schedule your appointment in advance at leschwab.com or stop by any location. That's Les Schwab, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's Don. Now, listen to me. I had a neighbor walk up the street and say to me the other day, hey, we're interested in having you sell our home, but it seems like this is a bad time to sell a home, and we need the money from our home to leave Queen Anne, Washington, and we're going to Mexico, and we're taking our dog that we found in Mexico, Poncho, we're taking him back home, and that's where we're going to live from now on. What's crazy is... The gentleman that owns that house used to own the house that I'm sitting in. They sold me this house, right? Anyway, I had some good news for them, and I had to tell them, hey, it's the summer months. You want to sell in the fall? The market is actually very good right now for sellers. But your home must be dialed in, and Ron, you must do your work in this marketplace right now. And if you do, sellers, you will be rewarded, right? Yeah, and it all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. No obligation. It's free of charge. It's on Zoom. It's about half an hour. Email me directly, ron at ronandon.com or go to the website, ronandonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don show. They found a debris field. It's a Thursday morning. This show comes out on Monday. Um, so we don't know if this is the, the Titan or not. Uh, I do want to say this in talking about Stockton Rush, who, by all accounts, was brilliant, went to Princeton, and was an explorer, right? He, I think, in order to fund his exploration, because he's, he's not a billionaire, he had to go out and build something that would fit more people. That's why he built this tube, where he could easily do what you see rocket companies do right now and take people into space in order to subsidize the science in the trip. As yeah, a result of that. Tourist, uh, sea tourism. Yeah. He wanted deep sea tourism. And, 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 and you see OceanGate pushing back right now and other companies pushing back and saying, this isn't tourism. Don't call this tourism. And even though these are billionaires down there, they're doing actual science. Well, when I see a couple go down there and get married on the bow of the Titanic, I don't think they're doing actual science. Ron, you, I, what, what you said in the first segment, I think about... Us going to Normandy 
and that hitting us differently than when we went to the castle because everybody's buying trinkets in the castle, having lunch in the castle. Horrible things happen in that castle, and you're so right. But I have to say, I didn't see anyone getting married at the castle, and I didn't see anyone getting married on the beaches of Normandy. But going back to Stockton Rush, how do you feel about him saying, you know what? I'm brilliant. I'm going to push the envelope. He admitted to cheating. Uh, a lot of his technology was not approved. I think he thought about his legacy and said, look, if I sit around and wait for the United States government, I'm going to be dead before I build this submersible. I charge people a quarter of a million dollars and I, and I bet it'll be more now. Somebody's going to go down there and they're going to pay a million dollars to go down there. How do you feel about billionaires coming in and basically saying, I'm going to write a check so guys like Stockton Rush can continue uh, some real science. I think if people accept the risk, I think it's their life. Uh, I don't have that exploratory gene in the same way that you do. Like I, I have no desire to go to the top of Mount Rainier. It's great to look at, like I'll hike around the bottom, but I don't, I don't have that thing of like, I got to go to the top. Got to go to Mount Everest. Got to, you know, I got to go to the bottom of the ocean. Like I'll dive, but I, you know, 30, 60, 100 feet's fine by me. I don't need to go to 12,000 feet. So like, but I, I accept the fact that other people do have that thing and they have that drive and they put their life on the line. And to me, it's very similar to an expedition to, to Everest. A certain percentage of those people are going to die. And so he, he was in the vessel. He was willing to put his life on the line and uh, other people were willing to accept the risk of going down there. I, I, again, it seems very similar to the space situation with us right now where, you know, guys like Elon Musk and guys like Jeff Bezos, like Elon Musk has had multiple rockets blow up on the launch pad that if they were, if those were NASA launches, it would be a giant scandal in America. But he's like, yeah, yeah, we just, we learned some stuff. Then they just blow up. But people, but people weren't in them. People weren't in them. But he is on that path of going, I own this thing. And at a certain point, I'm going to let people fly in it. Uh, Jeff Bezos did the same thing. You had uh, Richard Branson, the same thing, different sort of crafts. But they're saying, this is something that I want to do, I can afford to do, and I'm going to do it. And I accept that risk. I I think we've evolved as a society. When you were talking in the intro of this segment, I thought about, you know, there was a time when the Explorer, with a capital E, was the pinnacle of a man. You know, if you go back a a couple centuries, if, if you were like, I am going to be an Explorer, I'm going to be the first man to the South Pole. I'm going to be the first man to circumnavigate the globe. I'm going to fly an airplane across the Atlantic Ocean. These people were celebrated as the, the, the uh, essence of what it is to be a human being. And we've, we've evolved, I think, because of technology and because of just the way things are culturally right now to think, well, if something isn't safe... Uh, and if something, you know, you can't guarantee my safety or guarantee that the government or somebody else approved it, then therefore it's not valid. I, I, I don't agree with that. I think if this person was like, that is my life's work, I am willing to risk it all for this. It's not something I would do, but I have a certain admiration for other people that say, yeah, I'm willing to do that. I want to go in a tube 12,000 feet below the ocean floor. And there is no plan B. You couldn't pay me $250,000 to not do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like I, I have no desire to do that. So I feel uh, for, I got to say, I feel for the 19 year old. And I wonder what the discussion was between the father and his 19-year-old. Because all those other men have lived good lives. And even if I died right now, and, and I take chances, I sign forms, 
Usually the chances I take, though, there is a plan B, but it doesn't guarantee that you're not going to die. I just did some, I just did 13 repels in Utah in slot canyons, a slot canyon that has never been repelled in before. And as a result of that, I had to sign a similar form saying that this could end in death. And they keep showing, showing us that form. I do feel for the 19-year-old, he didn't live a good life. It's that, if, if it's that them in the debris field or for some reason they haven't run out of oxygen by the time you hear this, then I think that that's wonderful. But that's who I'm thinking about. I, I, I would love for a 19-year-old to live a good life. Uh, and also, I would like to see a balance. I don't think people should be getting, who, who can write a check, should go get married on the bow of a memorial. Uh, so that's what hits me wrong. But at the same time, explorers explore. You look at what Shackleton did over the years and he kept going back and going back and going back and putting their lives on the line. And for a lot of them, they did it until it cost them their lives. You, and, and even going back to Robert Ballard, he's 79 years old. He, he's still going back in the oceans, exploring, going to five different trenches, the deepest trenches in the ocean floor around the world, saying that 90% of the ocean still hasn't been explored. We continue to explore space and not the oceans. So I do think that's important. I understand, I think, what Stockton Rush was trying to do. Sometimes you have to push the envelope for the sake of technology. But I have to say, as, as a father to a little boy, uh, it bothers me that that 19-year-old got on that sub, and if something were to happen, there was no plan B. No one is coming to save you. And at the same time, it looks like the world has shown up to try to save these guys. Let's talk about that in our final segment on the other side of this. Hey, it's Ron here with Mitch Weeks. You hear him on the show from Mitch.loans. And Mitch, you have a cool program out right now because interest rates are higher than they've been for quite a while, but you have a, a solution possibly for buyers. We do. Rates are high, but they're expected to go down. And that's why we came up with this program. It's the Rate Replace Program. So you can buy at current rates. And then when rates drop within the next year or so, you actually get to replace that rate and the fees are on us. So you can refinance that loan into a new loan and we will cover the lender fees for you. So that's the rate and replace program. Replace that rate. Very cool. So that's a, a really a good incentive for buyers. Uh, you can buy now with the security of knowing that Mitch at Mitch.loans will replace that rate. Check him out right now online at Mitch.loans. That's Mitch.loans. All right, guys, welcome back. We're talking about the, the Titan, the Titanic. Again, if you need us, just reach out. We're undone. Sit down.com. I think what's really interesting is this is not the first time that a submersible has got stuck in the Titanic. Did you read the re report and see the footage of the reporter that got stuck down there before for almost an hour in the propeller of the uh, of the Titanic? I didn't. I did watch all the documentaries though, but when James Cameron was doing the Titanic movie and yeah. he had more of a, a globe type of uh, vessel and all the stuff that they would do around there. It, it, it just seems super sketchy to me. What happened to the reporter? The reporter went down there in a, in a three-man submersible, and he said his fear was being claustrophobic, and also his, he just has a fear of water. And I'm like, you couldn't have much fear. But to, to be, if you're truly claustrophobic, could you actually <laughs> ever get uh, in that particular vehicle? And he said he really thought about his death and what could happen the night before. They all signed similar forms. 
and then they went down. And he said it was interesting because when they got down on one of the dives that he was on, they lost communication for two and a half hours, which he says is not uncommon. And basically what happens is the support vessel has to tell the submersible where to go in order to find the wreck. And all they can do, if you know anyone that's ever been in a submarine and they're trying to talk to their wife or girlfriend, which you're not allowed to do very much, or their partner, or their boyfriend, whatever that is, uh, they can send a very small tes- text message from a nuclear-powered sub somewhere around the world, and that's it. So, because uh, GPS and great radio communications, and it's not like you can make a phone call down to the sub. So anyway, typically you, w- you, you would take five dives to have one dive that would be successful to go down Titanic. They had three, and I think on the fourth dive, they were successful and they got down. When they got down there, he said, it's interesting, because if you've ever been in the ocean, even when you go surfing, you feel these real powerful currents. He said, there's some real powerful currents down there that actually push them. It pushed them into one of the giant propellers. And in fact, they were investigating the propeller, and they got pushed. As a result of that, they got stuck. And he's laying on the floor of the submersible. He decides, and there's this voice in his head that says that you are going to die. This is how it ends. He becomes very quiet. There's another gentleman in the sub, a Russian gentleman. He becomes very quiet. They lay on the floor of the submersible. And they lay there and they're quiet because they know the pilot of this particular submersible, uh, who's a Russian as well, He's their only hope of getting out. And so he sat there and he tried to keep back and forth and back and forth at the thrusters, trying to get their submersible out. And they said at some point, you could no longer see where they were because it was kicking up all these rusticles as Robert Ballard coined them. And even when they would look out the porthole, they're like, we are, we are a bit doomed here. It took about an hour. And the next thing you know, they're not speaking to the pilot at all. And he looked around and he said, you know what? He goes, that was easy. And then uh, they proceeded uh, to head to the top. So this isn't the first time that a submersible got stuck. I think they know uh, the risk that you're taking. And I also have to say, when it comes to tragedies like this, a lot of times people ask, well, who's paying for this? A lot of governments out there, they like tragedies like this, and they like war. One of the reasons they like tragedies is because it helps them flex their technology, right? And one of the reasons they like war, even what's happening in Russia right now, we're going to see how M1A1 tanks do against Russians big 80s over there. That's what we're going to find out, right? China's going to send equipment over there, and they're going to go up against American Abrams tanks. We already have Bradley fighting vehicles that are over there. We're finding out that our Patriot missile system really kicks ass when you compare that to the Russians. So it's an opportunity, and wait till you see our F-16s go over there. This is an opportunity to take the equipment that science is always working on and make it better. If you don't believe me, Look at the canvas Humvees that initially went over to Iraq and Afghanistan. You know where those are now? We left them there. In fact, ISIS took most of them. Why did they do that? Because there's horrible technology. 
Because what they did in Iraq and Afghanistan is they picked up the phone, they called the guys that built the IEDs in Ireland, they said, could you come on over and show us how to build cheap, dirty bombs so we can blow up these bastards with just a garage door opener and a cell phone? That's exactly what they did. So what did we do here? And in fact, uh, I have family relatives that worked on some of the technology that we used in Iraq and Afghanistan. You look now, they're big, $800,000, million, they call them buffaloes, right? They have all kinds of iron up under. There's no longer canvas, there's gun turrets. It, it, it's like driving a tank around uh, without a big 88 sticking out of it. So the point is, what tragedies like this can do for science and for countries, it gives you an opportunity to test your technology, to see if it works, and make that technology better. After all, Ron, that's where Tang came from. I want to get your take. There's been, I've seen a, a pushback online, a critique of like, interesting how the media responds when it's some billionaires uh, out there and getting a lot of clicks on a story um, when they voluntarily did this. They voluntarily put themselves in harm's way. Meanwhile, you can't get a news coverage on story X, Y, or Z, whatever happens to be the story that that person really cares about. Um, and some people throw race and class in there as well. Sure. Do you, what do, you, do you think that's a valid critique? I think it's true. Yeah. I th- it's, it's all about clicks. I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day uh, that left their gym and I said, why did, you, why did you leave the gym? And they said, it's, it's, a, it's a gym that's up on Aurora. I used to go there. And they said, when you walk in there, it's a TikTok gym. Everybody in there is TikToking. There is more coverage and more eyeballs on TikTok right now with people that are not scientists and they're not scientific. And all they're doing is taking footage from CNN and MSNBC and Fox News where the typical age of a viewer is 79 years young, they're taking that footage, putting their spin on it, and putting it on TikTok. So right now, to me, it's all about clicks. And for CNN, who has bottomed out, and they just had to basically fire their program director. They fired Don Lemon. They lost. They have a lot of issues and a lot of problems there. So does Fox News right now with their, with their issues with Donald Trump and the way that Brett Baer went after him the other day. Uh, this is an issue for news agencies. They're trying to get clicks too. And CNN looks at this and says, you know what? When we went wall to wall with MH370, that's when we really built our brand. And so they've gone back to that. And that's basically why we are seeing 24-hour coverage because it's about the clicks. It's about the eyeballs. And in the meantime, yeah, you can look around the world right now at all the tragedies that aren't getting coverage Usually that's in third world countries with black and brown people. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's a legitimate complaint. I also know working in the news business, um, there are certain stories that when all of the, the only thing that could have made this more clickbaity is if there happened to be a sex scandal involved. Like for real, you have wealthy people, you have explorers, you have one of the most famous uh, things in in modern history, the Titanic. Um, you have a possible tragedy. You have a ticking clock, like you would in a movie of like this is how many hours you have until the oxygen runs out. So all of those elements line up for news directors around the world to say cover this, cover this, cover this, and ignore things that are more nuanced and don't have the the suspense. Yeah. Anyway, you guys, some real tragedy in the Atlantic Ocean. And, uh, and again, as we talk about this, um, 
I really, I just have to say, and I, and I feel for all those men on that submersible, all of them. And if they perished, um, I think you think about that. Like the CBS reporter did before he went down there and he got stuck under the propeller. He didn't panic. Um, he just said, this is the way that this is going to end. And if they, he would have panicked in that sub, I don't think the pilot would have been able uh, to get out of there. So nonetheless, thinking about them and specifically maybe just because it was just dad's day and I have a 13-year-old, I'm thinking a lot about that 19-year-old that I hope you, I hope you live 19 great years. Anyway, he's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. If you need us, just reach out at ronanddonsitdown.com. Uh, Ron, you sent out something pretty cool this week in the newsletter. If people like to read it, how could they read it? Yeah, it's read called the Ron and Don Nation News. You can sign up at ronanddon.com. It's right up at the top. Sign up. We don't spam you. We don't sell your info. Uh, you'll just hear from Ron and or Don. Yeah. If you're a seller right now, it's the summer. So this is time. It's time to get ready to sell the fall. I don't know if I'd, I, I would sell this holiday season, but certainly in the spring of 2024, uh, those two times we need to get ready for it. So just reach out, Ron it on sitdown.com. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time for episode 571. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. Keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Thank you.